Welcome to SBM Studios Podcast, your home for the most insightful interviews featuring Southern Gospel artists and industry insiders. Now, here's your host, Scott Bolden. Well, thank you, Jason, and hello, everybody. Welcome back again to SBM Studios Podcast. We thank you all so much for joining us for another episode, and we thank you all so much for your feedback. We've got a lot of feedback over the last several weeks from our interviews with Southern Gospel artists, and some of the feedback has actually came in the form of request. And I am tickled today to have the most requested person with me. Uh, Y'all have asked for this artist, and I'm just so glad that he was willing to give me his time. Uh, He's a fan favorite, Singing News Fan Awards favorite soloist for the last four years. And I've got Joseph Habedank with me today. Thanks for joining me, Joseph. Oh, man, it's my honor. I I had no idea that I was uh, your most requested uh, guest. That's pretty cool. (laughs) I'm very grateful. Thank you all so much. And by the way, I'm in my... I'm in my car, so uh, and I'm sitting in traffic. So if you all hear beeping or anything, it's probably just <laughs> somebody that's mad. So don't don't freak out. But anyway, I just want to give you all. But thank thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I just appreciate it so much. I know we connected at the fall festival, and I just I, I thank you for being gracious enough. I know you really don't know me, but you're one of my favorite songwriters, my favorite singers, and I just love your personality. And it means a lot for you, uh, to me for you to jump on today. So. Uh, uh, thank well, you so much, thank and, you. and and I know uh, also I'm thankful for this because a lot of our listeners would probably know this from following on Facebook and other venues. But uh, you and Miss Lindsay have had some sickness lately, so uh, I'm, I'm glad that y'all are maybe on the mend, and glad to talk to you after that too. Yeah, we were actually getting ready to uh, fly to uh, Dallas uh, on a Thursday to sing, and I had a, a date in Fort Worth, and then I was going to be in Oklahoma. And then over in Gilmer, Texas, and I started, uh, I was, I just left the gym and I went by Walgreens uh, to pick something up and I started feeling very uh, tired and weak and mm. I don't get that way. I'm usually pretty, uh, pretty active. Yeah. And uh, so I went home and usually when I get home on the day before we leave, I'll pack before I watch TV or whatever. And I didn't even have the energy to pack. Oh. So I had to call our booking agent and canceled the weekend. I had to go and get tested. And believe it or not, I actually tested negative. And then I got so sick, I knew I had it. It was actually a false negative because my wife tested positive the next week. I'm sure she got it from me. So we are, um, I'm about three weeks removed from it. And Lindsay is about two weeks, a little over two weeks removed from it. I am pretty much back to normal. Uh, But I'll tell you this, man, I'm young. I'm in pretty decent shape. And it absolutely... Uh, just it laid me out for uh, two weeks solid. I mean, it was brutal. Uh, I, I I thought if I got it, it would be very mild. Right. And I was wrong. I had a really bad case of it. And uh, Lindsay, uh, my wife actually did a little better with it than me, but she still had a hard time as well. She's actually still recovering. I'm on my way home now to take her some some dinner. And uh, but we are man, we're so grateful that we're on the mend and yeah. uh, grateful to be able to do this interview. I'm grateful that I feel up to it. I know we had scheduled last week and I just, I wasn't strong enough to do it uh, yet. And um, so thank you so much for being patient with us. I'm so glad to be able to be a part of it. Oh yeah. And I just thank y'all. And I'm just thankful for the blessing of y'all's healing. And uh, yeah, I know uh, you are young and vibrant, but from everything that I gather, the folks that actually get a legitimate case of this stuff, it's rough now. It's, it's hard to get over. So uh, it really is. 
I'm just glad for his healing hand on y'all. Well, uh, I know most of my listeners know exactly who I'm speaking with, but I thought we might kick off, if you don't mind. Um, I know most of us were introduced to you uh, somewhere around 2003, I believe, when you came on the scene with the Perrys. But uh, maybe if you might share a little bit, just a a brief little background of how you uh, uh, got your start in Southern Gospel Music. So, yeah, I actually grew up in uh, just outside of Dayton, Ohio. I started singing with my family when I was a young kid. I was probably about five years old. And um, then my family stopped singing when I was a teenager. And I started doing a little bit of solo stuff. And I did a contest over in um, Kentucky at the Crab Family's Homecoming. Yeah. And uh, I was uh, won that contest and made a CD. They, that was the winner, got to make a CD at Daywind Studios. And so I did that. And that was the CD that the Perrys actually heard. Uh, the uh, Perrys actually heard about me through their record company, Daywind Records, which is actually still my record company to this day. I've been with them for uh, almost two decades. Wow. And uh, Kirk Talley is actually a, another one who actually gave them my CD when they were looking for a baritone singer. Mm-hmm. And I joined the Perrys in 2003 and I actually initially joined them as a baritone singer. And then uh, Lauren Harris left and I took the uh, I was offered the lead position and I reluctantly accepted that position because I always <laughs> considered myself a, a baritone. Not only that, but Lauren was such a great singer that it was kind of a big shoes to fill. But I did that and uh, I was with them for 10 years. And, uh, and it was just a great experience and um, started my solo ministry back in 2014. So uh, almost seven years ago now. And it's just been a, it's been such uh, an amazing thing to watch how God has taken uh, the pieces of my life and uh, I know we'll get into that a little later but I'm just so grateful that God took a broken man and made something beautiful out of my life and he's really blessed our our solo ministry and I'm just so humbled and grateful to see what God has done. Oh absolutely and yeah that that version of the Perry's that you spoke of uh, of course I love you singing in lead too but when you and Lauren sang together uh, of course with uh, Libby and Tracy that's probably my favorite version of the Perry's through the years. Uh, that was just a powerhouse group. Y'all had a lot of uh, great songs. And, and, and during that time is really when you started uh, really getting in that deep into the songwriting, right? Yeah, I actually started um, songwriting when I was a kid. My mom was a songwriter. And so my first Perry's album that I was ever on, I actually wrote a song with Joel Lindsay called What a God. Mm-hmm. And I had a I had a cut on just about every Perry's album from there on out. And, you know, at the end, I probably was getting, you know, three or four songs per album. And of course, now as a soloist, I write all my own material. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. I I love your songwriting. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. But so you you talked about you sung as a young man. So was it always your aspirations to be a Southern gospel artist? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can remember... As a young kid, I had a little cassette player, a little Walkman, yeah. and uh, I would sit around and listen to the Kingsmen and the Singing Americans, and I'd listen to uh, Gold City, uh, and I just, man, I fell in love with this music, and I absolutely loved, um, I, even as a kid, I felt like this is what God wanted me to do, and uh, I'm so grateful that it's granted me the desires of my heart, and I've been able to do it. Absolutely, and I love hearing those stories. I love hearing those childhood dreams, you know, become reality when God delivers uh, the desires of the heart to folks, and that's awesome. And Yeah, and you know, it fascinates me to uh, hear you say that you reluctantly became a, a lead singer because 
just uh, you are like one of my favorite powerhouse vocalists. Uh, you really pack a punch on the lead position, and it translated well with the Perrys and, of course, with your solo career. But I was just a little curious, like maybe as you were growing in your career as a young man and coming up, like who were some of the vocal influences that you uh, looked up to when you uh, got your start in the in the business? Well, I always loved uh, Ivan Parker, of course. I was a big Gold City fan, and uh, I loved Gerald Wolf, who's really, you know, kind of my mentor yes, uh, in gospel music. Um, and uh, and I tell you, a big one for me when I was a kid, because his his voice was right in my range, was Mike Bowling. It was when Mike Bowling has, had his solo career. Oh, yeah. And uh, I sang a lot of his songs. So I would say those three were really influential. And then on the... The, on the other side of different genre, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman, I always loved his songwriting and his singing. And uh, so I think his songwriting really influenced me. But on the vocal side, it would probably have to be Gerald or Mike or uh, or Ivan. Yeah, you, you had mentioned how you enjoyed uh, following Gold City as a young man. So we had a similar taste back then. Uh, but yeah, that's that's definitely some good voices to uh, to model after. And and then obviously to me, you've you've made yourself your own. You know, you're 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 not a carbon copy of anyone. I, I was thinking today, um, you know, a lot of times you put singers in different groups and different classifications. But I, I just believe you you stand alone. Uh, you are really anointed and blessed and God. God has, has touched your voice mightily and uh well thank you i've had a lot of good uh good people around me that have helped me and uh you know if there's anything good that certainly isn't me i'd say it came from the lord and i'm so grateful just to be able to do what I've always wanted to do. You know what I mean? Oh, yes, sir. And one thing that I picked up in some of my interviews and you mentioned uh like Gerald being your mentor one thing that I love about the Southern gospel industry is the family aspect of it. It just seems like one big family and there's so much encouragement and so much, so many people that are willing to, uh, to help each other along. And, and that's just a wonderful family to be a part of. I know it is. And you know what, since I've been with, you know, I've been doing it since I was 17. I feel like, you know, they've watched me grow up most of them. And so it has become kind of a family atmosphere. You know, I started with a, my singing with my family and then I uh, joined a family group in the Perry's and then, you know, I've created this great network of, of family uh, and friends in gospel music, Scotty Inman, who's mm. probably my best friend that I talk to just about every day. Oh and, yeah. Um, and, and just so many friends that I've made along the way. And I always tell people we are one big dysfunctional family. <laughs> That's how music is. Well, you know, uh, you say that and, um, Boy, I always look for good segues, but you talk about the dysfunctional family, and uh, that's a, that's another thing that um, these last several years, as I've followed you in your solo ministry, um, I, I am a listener to lyrics. Uh, I, I'm not drawn to songs as quickly by the tunes or the or the riff uh, as I am by the lyrics, and. It, <laughs> Listening to your song and your your songwriting over these last several years, I know you have been inspired. Uh, all of us go through uh, different phases in our lives. We all we all have things that we encounter. Um, I've been in ministry. I've not been blessed. I don't have a voice like y'all do. I, I can't. Uh, I like to sing, but I don't have the voice to sing like y'all do. My ministry has been pastoral ministry. 
but I've been in ministry and I've been in places where I had issues and I had some uh, trials and I had some some uh, some valley times in those ministries and 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 I know what that feels like and when I listened to some songs, I was thinking of, I jotted a few down. I've actually got a couple of your soundtracks, like When the Lights Go Down, um, Just When You Thought. Uh, those two songs really mean a lot to me. And I, I feel like you probably wrote those songs based on, uh, you know, some experiences and some places where you were at. And, and, you know, we're all dysfunctional. That's the thing about it. You know, there, there's no one who, um, no one has it all together, right, brother? Yeah. I mean, I think we're all broken people and, and uh, we have to remember that that's why Jesus went to the cross. I mean, if we were perfect people, perfect Christians, even he would have never had a need to leave heaven and come die for our sins. And that's right. Um, a lot of people, may know or may not know i was a prescription drug addict eight years ago and and i lost my job singing with the perrys after 10 years because i just couldn't get it together and finally went and got some great help here in nashville tennessee i actually got addicted to uh, pain medicine after an ulcer on my throat i was started taking them for legitimate reasons and i just loved the feeling that it gave me and before i knew it i was i was hooked and i was raised in church raised in a christian home i was in ministry i loved jesus but uh, the devil used that in my life. And, um, and so I went and got some help and uh, took off for about seven months. And then when I got back, I really thought I was done singing. I, I wasn't sure if, you know, God was uh, maybe done with me as a singer. I didn't think the gospel music community would, uh, would really want me back. And man, they've just been so amazing. They've embraced me and uh, forgiven me where I've needed to be forgiven and offered grace and mercy. And, and now I not only do I have a solo ministry, but now I stand up in churches all over America and I talk about drug addiction, which is something that people don't do. But I just felt like it was important to be honest and let people know, even if somebody in the audience hasn't struggled with addiction, they've probably got somebody in their life who does. And I think it's important for people to be able to be to be relatable. I want people to look at me and go, hey, man, he's broken just like I am. And um, those songs, just when you thought, was actually written after I got sober. But when the lights go down, was written while I was walking through my addiction mm-hmm. and um, just the conviction of that. And um, I try to write from a place of what I've walked through in my life, what I'm going through in my life at the time. And I just want to be honest. I want to be transparent that I'm uh, I am a broken man that Jesus chooses to use. I'm not perfect, but uh, I'm OK with not being perfect because that's what the grace of God is for. And and don't get me wrong. The grace is not used as a get out of jail free card. Right. We ought to live a holy life. Amen. But, uh, but I think that um, the grace and mercy of Jesus is so vast and so amazing that it's hard for our human minds to comprehend. And I'm so grateful for it in my life. Oh, yes, sir. And and you make a a great point. Um, No, grace is not a ticket to, to do whatever we wish. But but on the flip side, I think that sometimes, um, and I'm sure you probably encountered this uh, when you are so open with your testimony. You know, a lot of times, especially in, in my neck of the woods, I'm I'm talking to you from a town of 450 people. I mean, just small town Alabama. You know, just small town America. Small churches, and sometimes there's so much pressure, especially for those who are in leadership positions and ministerial positions 
to have everything together and to have everything just right. And I don't think that there's that transparency there. Um, I would, I w- I'm just wondering when you share your testimony and, and when you are speaking in churches, I would just be willing to guess that you've probably had some, some leadership, some church leaders, you know, come up and, 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 and probably thank you for being open and, 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 and sharing so openly because I know uh, it, it helps them to see that example in front of them that they're not by themselves. Well, what's interesting is, is when you're in the middle of a, a sin in your life, you just, you're so ashamed of it. But when you get to the other side of it and you're willing to be honest about it, I thought for sure, you know, man, I, nobody's going to book me because I'm, I'm a, I'm a recovering drug addict. Nobody's going to book me. And now they book me because right. of my story, because of what God did in my life. It, you know, and that, that's, what's amazing to me. I think the majority of my, my bookings come from people that want me to show, share my story. I've never had one person come to me and say, Hey, would you, would you do a, me a favor and, and not talk about your addiction tonight? If anything, it's been the opposite almost every night pastor or the music pastor will make sure, hey, are you going to share your testimony? And I say, yeah, I do it every night. Even if I go to the same church, you know, once every year, I'll tell it over and over again because I think it's it bears repeating. I mean, it's it's important to remember where God brought you from and what he's done in your life. That's great. And I'm really glad to hear that nobody has ever asked you to to not to speak that testimony, to refrain. Um <laughs> I have uh, served in some pastoral roles and I had some colleagues and actually was talking back and forth. And, um, you know, we talk about issues and uh, this issue that I have is not so much an addiction issue that I'm fixing to talk about, but it's uh, it's it's kind of a emotional issue. Um, I have tendencies toward uh depression a little bit um it's just kind of a family history and then just kind of what I saw growing up and kind of imprinted on me I have some struggles with that kind of stuff I have some struggles with anger issues sometimes that I have to you know I really have to have the Holy Spirit uh I I can't do it by myself uh, that I have to rely on it and a lot of times in my messages I'm very open about it I'm very open about my struggles I'm very open about when I get down I'm very open about when I'm having a bad day and honestly, I, I had I had somebody one time say, you know, you probably don't need to share so much because, um, you, you know, you're going to you're going to discourage the listener on the flip side. I'm you know, I'm feeling that, no, they need to understand that that man standing behind that hunk of wood is just a broken human being, too, that needs Jesus. Yeah, and I, I think it's so important because for so long, I think the church didn't really recognize addiction or depression as a as a real thing it was kind of a thing where well you just need to read your bible and you need to go to church you need to pray and god will take it away well unfortunately that's not always the case it's not always that easy depression is not something that anybody asks for and i think addiction is the same way i I didn't wake up one day and go you know i think i'm going to get addicted to prescription drugs today nobody does that Mm -hmm. it's something that the devil i think it's it's spiritual warfare Yes. And I think if we look at it as spiritual warfare, we would be naive to not combat that with spirituality. That makes sense. Oh, it makes perfect sense. And I think I I admire you for uh, your your transparency and your honesty. I think one of the one of my goals was not only to help people with my story, but it was to let other Southern gospel artists know it's okay to talk about your stuff. People want you 
to be honest because when you show them that you are broken, you become relatable because everybody is broken. Yes. It's just the way we are. And it's unfortunate. And we could blame it on Adam. We could blame it on Eden. We could blame <laughs> it on Eve or whoever we want to blame it on. But the truth of the matter is we are a fallen race. Um, but, but by the grace of God, we are forgiven and loved in spite of it. Amen. And uh, yeah, I, I really think it's, it's, it's critical for, for that message to be spoken. And, and one thing that I thought about with you, and I, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm in a small area, I'm in a very, very small church. I still have dreams and hopes at some time to uh, bring you and Lindsay and your ministry into our area. Uh, the big thing with me is, is I think how helpful it would be for young people you know, to hear uh, your testimony. And uh, something tells me, again, that you going in the churches, that you are able to make some pretty good connections with young people who also need to hear that message. Yeah, I actually had the opportunity to sing to um, over 3,000 teenagers last year in Pigeon Forge at the Arise Conference. I do it uh, every year, actually. Obviously, this year I didn't get to because of the pandemic. But right. um, And, yeah, those kids, man, they— uh, they get it. I mean, they understand they, they, they're watching addiction, whether it's at home with their mom or dad and struggling with addiction or alcoholism, or they know somebody at school who's experimenting with drugs. And uh, I, I hope that one day, you know, when I get to heaven, that I'll learn that my story maybe helped some of those kids not try something for the first time and to enable them to get hooked on it, you know. But right. um, ultimately, you know, I love it's a real passion for me is is young people and, and, uh, and addicts and alcoholics. I mean, that's such a big part of our ministry. I had a lot of people tell me early on, you know, if you're going to sing Southern gospel music, young people aren't going to flock to it. And that's just not been the case for us. We've seen so many young people latch onto our music so much so that big enough is actually my most streamed song. And it wasn't even a big, uh, it wasn't even a big song on the charts, but it's the most streamed song because of those kids heard me singing at that conference and that's their theme song so they just play it over and over and over online and um it's pretty amazing i love it i, I love it I've, I've heard that too joseph so much about uh, that southern gospel just will not appeal to young people but it does and especially when it's presented in the right way and then i think you know your key into those young lives is your transparency and you being real uh young people this day and time uh I, again one of my hats that i wore in ministry is youth ministry for years but uh young people want to see somebody who's real uh they, they don't like a lot of fluff you know and and i think with you coming and shooting straight being so open and, and then of course with your personality as well that's just another connection and i could definitely see young people drawn into your ministry for sure well i think what happens is you know when you're a teenager you're kind of a lot of kids are sowing their wild oats sure and when they see a guy get up who's you know been through addiction i think it makes them go oh maybe god can forgive me too for what i did last week or last month or last year and um and i think maybe that's why i'm relatable and my, my music's a little more on the progressive side it's not traditional it's, it wouldn't right. be considered traditional gospel music but but i'm okay with that i, I you know I, I didn't set out to be a progressive artist i just wrote my songs and sang them and however they turned out great i don't like to be put in a box uh, i think uh i just sing about jesus and i want to help people that's it that's good that's absolutely good and and uh, I just thank you so much for for your testimony and for your witness and and uh, a couple of other things I do want to ask before we move from this. Uh, one last question along this line, and and uh, I think this would be good for our listeners. But you know, maybe to somebody who is listening today 
uh, that uh, may have um, that issue, you know, that that dark corner in, in, in their heart that uh, they don't want anybody to see into uh, a struggle, an issue. Uh, they feel like uh, there's no one to turn to. Uh, maybe if you might offer just a word of encouragement or advice for that person right now who needs a touch from the Lord. Yeah, I think if you're walking through something, you know, similar to what I did, I think it's important to be honest. I think there's two things I would recommend. One is to talk to somebody. And a lot of times we, we live in the shame of our sin. But when we bring something from the darkness into the light, it loses its power. Amen. And when you talk with somebody, um, and I think there's one word that is so hard for us to say, and that is help. I think a lot of times we just need to say, I need help. And, uh, and boy, that's hard. Those three words are so hard to put together in a sentence mm. because we're all so independent. We live in this society of do it yourself. And, and yet we really cannot conquer spiritual warfare without a, the help from Jesus Christ and b the help of others. Amen. And we have to be honest and help and ask for help. I mean, I think it's that important. So talk to somebody, uh, and you know what? I think prayer is so important, but, when you're dealing with something in your private life, sometimes it helps to bring it out from your private life and talk about it in public with somebody else. And I don't mean getting up on a platform and sharing it with right. thousands of people like I do. I, I'm not, that's not for everybody. But if you talk to somebody, whether it's your pastor, maybe your dad or your mom, grandparent, maybe it's your, your spouse, just talk to somebody and just let them know, hey, I, I think I need some help, whether it's addiction or or whatever it may be in your life, whatever you're struggling with. So I think that's important. For every prodigal who's thrown their whole life away Feeling completely unworthy to mention his name been shattered by choices you've made the father still hears every prayer that a broken heart prays just when you thought you could somehow outrun it you chase down my as he proves there's nothing that his blood can't cover and his arms can reach to redeem. Oh, just when you thought you exhausted his kindness, his gentle compassion holds you out of hiding. And just when you Hi folks, this is Eric Bennett with Triumph and Quartet, and you're listening to SBM Studios Podcast. Thanks so much for that word, and and yeah, any anyone out there listening, you know, I, I don't know, a, a lot of y'all find this podcast from our Facebook post and your Southern Gospel fans, but also with all the platforms, someone 
randomly may come across this with some of our tags. So uh, if you're experiencing anything like that, I know you can look up uh, Joseph Habedank Ministries or if you'd like to look up our own SBM Ministries and look us up and contact us, we would be glad uh, to talk to you uh, about anything like that. But uh, I do want to move on to a couple other questions. I don't want to keep you forever. I know your voice is probably still uh, recovering a little bit from that sickness. But, um, you know, with your songwriting, I, I did have uh, one question. I, I, I am the king of uh, partial lyrics. I've got a notebook full of about four to eight lines, and then, you know, that's it. But, like, when you when you start writing a song, I know you said that a lot of your songwriting comes from your experiences, your life experiences, but is that basically where most of your writing comes from? Or do you ever, like, I know you have writing sessions. Do you, do you, do you kind of pray over a path or a direction or just kind of maybe talk through your process when you're writing these great songs that you and your co-writers are putting out? Well, I do a lot of driving because we don't have a, we actually have a bus, but we don't use it. It's actually up for sale. So I, I drive, I've got an SUV and me and my wife travel. And when I'm on tour, I listen to a lot of music. And so a lot of times when I'm driving and listening to music, um, I'll get inspired about an idea. Um, sometimes it's a line from another song. Sometimes it's something I heard on the radio. Maybe it's something uh, that uh, the Lord gives me as I'm driving. And usually what I'll do is when I stop, I'll write it down. Uh, in my phone, in the notes section of my phone, I've mm-hmm. got a uh, section called hooks. And so I'll write down an idea and then I'll save those ideas until I'm writing for a new album. So I just finished writing for my next album, which will be out, I think, in uh, March or April. Awesome. And um, I wrote about almost 100 songs for it. And um, we're only going to record 10 of those. Goodness. So <laughs> but what I do, and I do that just about every album, I have to write about 100 songs to get the 10 songs that I want. Now, Deeper Oceans is a little different. I think I only wrote 50 or 60 for it. But like Resurrection was about 100 songs. This next album is going to be about 100 songs. So wow. uh, then what I'll do is I'll, I'll, uh, I'll start making my my schedule out with other co-writers here in Nashville and uh, we have what what are called writer rooms all over the city and different record company buildings, different studio buildings. And um, we'll figure out where we're going to go. write. And I usually write at 2 PM on Monday, Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, usually write from about two to five, two to six. And we usually sit down for about an hour before we write and just talk about life and what's going on in our families. And then I'll say, Hey, I've got this idea and, um, and I wanted, you know, for instance, on Shame on Me, I wanted to write, uh, I wanted to write a song about shame, but I wanted to put a positive spin on it. Right. And so that's how Shame on Me kind of came about. And uh, the only thing I had for that was, uh, was uh, I'm saved by the blood of the lamb. I'm free. I've been born again. I'm forgiven. A child of the king. And, and I think that's all I had. And then uh, I, we wrote the rest of it that day. And so, you know, the process is, uh, is different. Uh, Here he comes was uh, just that hook I had. Here he comes the hook for probably 10 years before I wrote it and I finally wrote it and it turned out exactly like I wanted. So yeah, the process is fun. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work because I do write a lot of songs for each album, as I said. And so it can be time consuming and I get a little, I'll be honest, I'm really excited about this next album. I think it's the best 10 songs we've ever had, but I'm very grateful that I'm done writing for a little because <laughs> my brain is about fried. 
That just fascinates me, though, to hear you say that, you know, for your projects, 50 to 100 songs and just also further strengthens my belief. You know, I, I kind of was kidding a little bit about the partial lyrics that I have, but I do. I have several. And, you know, there's been several times I've tried to force things through and it just don't work. I, I do believe that songwriting is a calling and an anointing from the Lord. And just for somebody like you to be able to pour out a hundred songs for a project, you know, that's just, that's amazing. That's a touch of God. That's, that's amazing, brother. Well, I, I tell you what helped this year was, you know, as bad as it was for us to be off for three, four months, um, it, it enabled me to write my whole record. Yeah. Um, cause I, I took every day that I was off and I would do Skype sessions or, uh, or zoom meetings or, uh, then, you know, once June hit, we were able to start getting back in the rooms and writing in person and, and uh, so a lot of those, most of these songs were written during the pandemic. And um, so I think uh, God kind of gave me that time. I wanted to make sure I did well with that time. I made the most of it. I did do a lot of resting because I think that was important for the church was to rest oh, yeah. during that time and to be still. But I also took advantage of the time off to to write. And, uh, and you know, I think um, I, I don't consider myself a great writer, to be honest. I, I just mm. uh, I have great great friends that write with me and i think they're the real heroes um they would probably you know downplay that and say that's not true but in my opinion my co-writers are the real the real special people but i do i think you're right i think god does call us to to write and it is definitely a gift and i'm so grateful and uh just thankful that i get to write all my songs i mean that's such a gift for me i'm grateful my record company allows me to do that too yes sir and while we're on that vein, maybe this would be a good time as we're kind of coming to our wrapping up point here that uh, maybe you could just uh, share with the listeners. Um, you talked about the project that you've got coming out. I know you've got the Deeper Oceans project available now, but maybe share with them how they can connect with you, like websites, address for your store, maybe your social media presences. Uh, maybe tell them what all y'all have got going on with Joseph Habitank Ministries. It'd be a good time for you to share that with the listeners. Yeah, so you can look at our website. It's josephhabedank.com, and good luck spelling that. I can't even spell it, but uh, just take a good take a guess at it. You can Google it, and usually, if you put, if you type in Joseph H A or Joseph H, usually my name will come up. So you can Google me and uh, find all the Instagram and the Facebooks and the Twitters and the uh, the website. And then, of course, on our website, we've got our tour schedule. We've got our store. You can stop by. My new album will be out. Um, in March or April, as I said, and I'm so excited about it. I think it's going to be uh, the best, uh, the best songs we've ever had, and I'm just so excited for the church to hear it. And um, also, my new uh, single is out. It's called Goliath, and so I hope people will be listening for that. I'm excited about it, and um, yeah, that's the best way to keep in touch with us. Instagram's usually the one I I use the most. So if you're on Instagram. Um, I post, usually try to post one picture every day and then I'll do stories throughout the day of what's going on in my life. And so, uh, if you want to keep up with us, we'd love to keep in touch with you that way. That's great. And I'm excited to hear about the new project. Um, I, I do believe I've got everything that you put out since you started your solo, uh, ministry and, uh, I'll definitely add that one to the mix. So we'll make sure that we promote that when it comes time. But, uh, also know with everything that you've got going on, you've really got a, uh, you've got a well-oiled ministry team. Uh, thought you might want to give a shout out to those who help you make the engine go. We really do. We have, um, I think, a lot of the reason that um, God has blessed our ministry is because of the, the team that we have around us. My wife, Lindsay, works 
so tirelessly behind the scenes. And of course, our uh, administrative assistant, Heather, is just um, just the rock of our uh, our ministry. And she does so much for us. Her husband, Fred's our manager, our, our record company, Daywind Records, uh, my booking agent, the Harper Agency. We also have uh, my, my producer, Wayne Hahn. We have all the studio musicians, of course, and my co-writers. There's just so many people that keep this thing going. And uh, But really, the, the two heroes of, of our ministry is my wife, Lindsay, and Heather, our assistant. They just uh, work so hard, and I'm so grateful for them. And it really is a, it really is a well-oiled machine, and I'm so grateful that God has I feel like God has assembled that team even more so than I have, and I'm so grateful for His His um, provision in that area of our ministry, but also His guidance and giving us the wisdom to know who to who to pick. And they're just an amazing people. Absolutely, and I know uh, I know you and Lindsay work uh, very well together, and I, I know what that means to have partnership in ministry. I know uh, with my wife, and I know that uh, I know that. Uh, Lindsay is, is the engine that makes it go. Even when you embarrass her in fan award, when you receive a fan <laughs> award, well, I'll, I'll leave that there and just let that go. Oh, but but anyway, um, don't let it, don't let it fool you. She loves it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, also about Heather, I will say this: my wife is like the most detailed planning together person. She would be the perfect person, you know, for an artist who needed somebody, um, you know, to kind of keep things going because she is just a scheduler and all. And when Heather, when I started working with Heather about getting you on this interview, mercy alive, she was so detailed and so attentive and had everything just worked out, making sure that I had what I needed, that you had what you needed. And I thought, goodness gracious, alive. I know she's a blessing to Joseph. She is. Lindsay often says, uh, my wife, she always says, everybody needs a Heather. And uh, that is the truth. She is so... uh, she just does everything. I, I, I have people all the time tell me, man, she just, I, and a lot of it's, you know, I'm very, we're both OCD. Me and Lindsay are both very organized. And a lot of that's us being hard, hard to work with. And we're not really hard to work with. We're just picky and we're, we're detailed. And so she, yeah. uh, she is, uh, I think she, she does that because uh, that's what we ask her to do. And sure. she does it so well. And, yeah. and we're so grateful for her. So if Heather, I don't know if Heather will hear this. I bet she will. Uh, we just want you to know we love you and we're so grateful for you and we really could not do this without her. We really couldn't. Yeah, and I hope she does hear it. And that's kind of my point. I I knew uh, the I knew how much that Lindsay uh, means to you in the ministry and also how much work Heather does. And I like to always give those uh, the recognition those that might not have their names or their pictures on the CDs, but uh, those that help make the ministry go. But I can definitely identify with that. Uh, uh, what you're talking about, she's like that because of what y'all asked for. Because, like I said, my wife is the same way. So, uh, yeah. So I, you get it. I get it. I understand. You get well, it. Real quick, I want to just take this moment and tell our listeners that we really thank y'all again for listening to us here on SBM Studios podcast. Uh, you probably came across this uh, podcast by a Facebook post. If you wouldn't mind, it would be a blessing to us if you would share it with your Facebook friends or on your social media platforms. That helps us get out. It helps us grow. Also, if you wouldn't mind um, rating the podcast, uh, maybe even subscribing if you'd like to make sure you don't miss a future episode. But we just thank you all so much for your support. We hope you continue to enjoy our interviews with Southern Gospel artists. And we just want you all to know that you are a blessing to us and we appreciate you. 
Well, Joseph, as we wrap up here, uh, I've really enjoyed my time with you today. I appreciate you taking the time out. One thing that I always like to do is maybe, and I know you've experienced this COVID um, pandemic personally in your household, and you know you've experienced it in the industry, the effect it's had. Uh, you've, you've been around, you know, that so many folks, uh, you just, so many folks really don't know what to think. Um, there's, there's just a lot of uncertainty and, and that can lead to, uh, feelings of, uh, of just being down. And, and like I talked about being depressed, I thought maybe if you would, you might share a word of encouragement for our listeners before we close today. Yeah. You know, what I would say is just rest in the peace of God and, and the, uh, we have to trust in the sovereignty of God especially with uh, not only the pandemic, but everything that's going on in our world politically and uh, with our nation. Um, we have to trust that God has a plan. And uh, I know I was definitely one of these people that thought the uh, the pandemic was overblown. And I still I still do somewhat. Right. But I'm going to tell you something. You get it and it touches you. It is a real thing and it will wipe you out. It was it was tough. It still is. And we're still um, have the effects of that. So just be careful, take care of each other. And I think something we, uh, we can all agree on is that we all need to do a better job of loving each other. Uh, and whether, whether they're Democrats or Republicans or whether they're black or white or, uh, whether they're, uh, they're Christians or atheists or Muslims, we all need to love each other and show people what it is to be like Jesus. I think that's so important right now. Amen. And the theme of our podcast is love God and love each other. It really is that simple, y'all. So uh, that, it is. that goes along with exactly what you said. And and I I'm, I just thank you so much for sharing that. And, and brother, I appreciate you. I, I know you're still a little under the weather. I know this was probably a little bit of an inconvenience, but I thank you so much for taking the time uh, to share with me and our listeners today. Man, all I'm going to do tonight is walk in my front door, eat dinner, and play a board game with my wife. So you are not an inconvenience at all. I'm just glad to to be able to, to, to talk and have the strength to uh, be able to do that. And I want to thank you for being so uh, hospitable and kind and gracious. And we are so thankful for you and your ministry there in, in Alabama. And we pray that the Lord will not only bless the podcast, but that he'll bless your church and your family. And I hope you have a great holiday season as well. Thank you, brother. I hope you all have a great holiday season as well, too. And to our listeners, we thank you all again for joining us uh, for another episode. And until next time, we'll see you around the bend. Thanks for listening to today's episode of SBM Studios Podcast. Until next time, this is Jason Baines reminding you to love God and love each other. It really is that simple, y'all.